All right, welcome to another episode of Trust Sports. We got a guest in the building. I, I, we, me, me and Liam love it when we have a guest in the building. Uh, we best. have my guy, Mike. Mike in the building. Me and Mike work together at TCNJ. A weird connection. Awful time for both of us. <laughs> but it was, a good, it was a good way we met one another, I would say. Welcome, my guy. Man, appreciate you guys having me on today. Of course, of course. Um, but I would say one of the things that me and Liam connected off of, I would say a couple of years ago, was the Last Chance You documentary that would come on mm-hmm. Netflix. Like we would always see each other. Like every summer, we, or we would, during the year when we would see like our at the athletes from the show making a big play in college and like going D one. Uh, and that world of JUCO sports is always something that's so interesting. That, like I didn't really think about. I knew about when I was in high school because there were some players who were go out and definitely make some teams out there because they weren't big enough to go away to D1 organizations, but would just mm-hmm. take the JUCO route. Um, but we didn't know much about it until I would say that documentary came out. Uh, and we had the privilege of having Mike, who coached at Blinn College, uh, a JUCO, during his time there. So we want to pick your brain a little bit because the next guy we're going to get on and we're going to manifest this is Coach Brown from uh, <laughs> the Last Chance You. And that's that's a guy we got to get on one day. Um, but yeah. yeah, I would like to pick your part, pick your brain about it, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, it's interesting, like playing college ball and then, you know, going to coach it, two different things, but then going to a JUCO, um, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it, but it's a whole different ball game. It's a whole different level of coaching. Yeah. So, Yeah. Well, Liam, do you want to start it off? Yeah. Yeah. No, Mike, I, I appreciate you joining us, man. Really looking forward to kind of picking your brain a little bit. And I mean, the one thing you said right there is just it's it's a different ball game. It's a new animal. I, I'm I'm very curious to learn the football season at any level, it's a grind, man, right? Like we all know that. But one of the things that we mentioned, we kind of saw more so, especially at these JUCO schools, is kind of keeping everybody focused, right? Because you can have players' minds be going 10 different places. So I'm curious as a coach, kind of some of the strategies that you implemented to really keep your boys focused on uh, on some of the goals ahead. Yeah, man. So I think it's interesting. I I like to start talking like, we talk about, you know, JUCO ball, like, the type of kids that you're getting. So for people who don't know, like you're getting kids, I say there's three kinds of kids that you get. Um, first kind of kid is somebody who went somewhere already and either failed out, got themselves in trouble, just getting the playing time. So they're looking to bounce back somewhere um, to make a name for themselves and get, um, you know, reacclimated and kind of get back into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you also get, so the second kind of kid you get, um, you might get a kid who was completely overlooked, right? Like nobody was scouting him the whole time. Um, so he's coming there with like a point to prove. Um, and then you come there with just kids that just really, uh, you know, for the most part, they're going there to play. Um, they got good grades. They have no other reason, but you know, they're just looking to continue to play. So you get a real hodgepodge of kids coming from all over the place. Um, you know, and I think like the challenge that presents itself is, you know, it's junior college, these kids, come from all over the place. So the first thing is you only have them for like six to 18 months, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. how do you get them to mesh? Um, how do you even understand like where they're all coming from and get everybody on the same page? Um, sometimes you speak in one language, but you need to speak four different variations of it. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think the biggest thing is focus. And when you really, you know, as I, like when I was coaching, I think the biggest thing was being very clear about my expectations with them um, and understanding that like for a lot of them, it is their last chance. Like if you screw up here, you know, like, that's it. Like, you're going home, you're packing your bags. That's kind of all you're going to yeah. get um, mm-hmm. from that. I think the biggest thing is to put the big goals up up there, too, right? Like, everybody's there. You want to win. The more you win, the more people will come to your games. 
the more recruits you're going to have, the more scouting that will go on. Um, so ultimately, I think everyone can buy in on that. Um, mm -hmm. You're trying to get ultimately get that D1 scholarship or D2 scholarship back out to a four-year institution, right? Like, so that's the goal. I think it's interesting, right? Like at a four-year school, your goal is really to retain your talent, keep them in, progress, have them grow and stuff like that. But like at mm -hmm. JUCO, the faster you get them, you know, the faster you get them out really is the more successful you're being kind of as a coach and stuff like that. So, you know, you try and build this really close relationship and sometimes just six months. And then, you know, like that, they're gone and it's on to the next guy. So it's the constant recruiting, uh, even more so. Um, but talk about people coming from all different backgrounds, all ways of life, all kinds of incidents that they've already had and experienced. Like mm -hmm. it was really unique. But I think when it all comes back to it is like, like any coach, like have those goals of like individual goals and team goals, being clear with your expectations and kind of keep it moving. Um, yeah, you know, that's kind of how I went about my business. I think it's when you think of like the pressure, I think it's even more pressure when you look at like these college, the JUCO coach, because their success is great on two things. Like their success is where is it, where are the transfers going? Like once they come here, where are they transfer yep. next? Like where are you, what are your connections to the other programs as well as how good are we? How good is the facility? How good is, you know, uh, the coaching up and that I can get this transferability, but also we win when we're here too. And I mm -hmm. think that was one of the first things I saw with coach Brown is like when he first got there, like it was a shit show. Like they had nothing and he built that program yep. all the way up. So like, what was it like when, like, when you see, when, when anytime you think of college athletes, you think of the facility, how good it is. But, like, there were some JUCOs you were like, holy shit, this is just, like, a, a elevated. Sometimes it looks like a high school field and facilities. Like, how was, like, I would say your experience there, but also what you were seeing in at least that division or so? Yeah, man. So, down in the uh, Texas NJACC, what we competed in, um, like, Blinn actually had pretty pretty decent facilities in consideration. But, like, my high school weight room was nicer than what we had really? to work with. Yeah. Like just straight up. Like and we had one of the nicer facilities. So like I'd say us and Tyler, which was up near Dallas, um, were like pretty nice. Like I mean, you know, we'd go to away games and like there wouldn't even be enough like literally they were just glorified sheds sometimes we'd be changing it. Like mm. like no air oh. conditioning, not just like sweat boxes in Texas. Oh, yeah. yeah, like 110 degrees. Like, so like the facilities are trash, right? So the only good part is um, you're potentially playing on like, you don't even have your own field. So like most JUCOs, you're playing on the local high school field. Um, and so really? that's where we played. So we were fortunate, our home stadium, at least, you know, like in Brenham, they were pretty, pretty, pretty decent size for us. Like we got to, you know, our hosts probably like enjoyed themselves somewhat. Like they got a decent experience, but we went up to some schools, man. And it was just like absolute trash. So for those who don't know too, like, as a JUCO coach, there's only like six or seven of you on staff. So normally you have 12 to 15 coaches that are, you know, full-time. Then you have your volunteers, your trainers, your dietitians, your, you know, strength yeah. and conditioning and all that. Like, well, we were all of that in seven coaches, including our field maintenance. Like we had to paint our own field and stuff like that. So like, Fuck. not only are you, dude, I'm out there like, and I don't even have a good, like a good like painting machine, like the shit's breaking yeah. every other minute, right, yeah. you know, getting clogged. <laughs> you're trying to be out there at like 10 AM, you know, the dude's still wet on the grass. Like your shoes are oh. soaked. Like, it's just yeah. like, dude, like, what are we doing out here? So you put so much time and energy in just a preparation to even like get on the field. Like yeah. 1% of what I did was like on the field, practicing, teaching instruction. 99% was literally like maintaining, you know, my responsibilities included all of the um, uniforms and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I was in charge of making sure like all of equipment was ready and to go Fridays, game days, having all their laundry ready for them to get it. So they were dressed on Saturday bags, 
Like we all had like two or three secondary assignments other yeah. than just coaching. So right, like yeah. when you think about it, like you didn't have like that manager who was in there, you know, washing all your like clothes that you drop off yeah. and come back like full-time positions that are paid. Like, no, like your coaches, your student managers are the ones in there like taking care of that business. So it has definitely sucked at times. And I'm like, what am I doing down here after working in the you know, <laughs> professional world for so many years and yeah, then going back yeah. and I'm back in painting grass. Like I'm never above that, but like you just wonder sometimes, you know, but when you're out on the field practicing and like seeing guys excel in drills and on the <laughs> field during the game day, like that's what makes it worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the one thing, I mean, I can tell from just watching again, like the last chance you were like following these JUCO programs, like Mike, what you just said, and, and we can even see it in what you're talking about, like just the love of the game, the love for these kids, uh, it, it kind of makes it all worth it. I, I'm, I'm a little curious yeah. too, because one of the things you mentioned a, a bit earlier uh, is getting these guys to mesh early on, right? Like you only have a certain amount of time with these kids once they come in. And kind of part of that too is that, that recruiting process. And you're getting these hodgepodge of kids that are coming in from different backgrounds, um, different experiences often on the field. Uh, what is the, what does the recruiting process look like? Like how, how do you get your players in and, and what are some of the things you would look for within those players that you're looking to bring into your program? I mean, the biggest thing, honestly, is eligibility. Like the kids got to be eligible, like to even get into the school, um, you know, and then can we get that kid eligible? Right. So you're looking for all the intangibles. Like you get some of your like D1 stud bounce back kids that, had some mistakes in their personal life or on campus for whatever it was. Like they, they got to leave, you know, they didn't like the playing time they were getting, they didn't go along with their coach, whatever it is. Um, so you really have to like be mindful of what you're bringing, like who you're bringing in and how you're bringing them together. Um, I think, you know, they got to somewhat kind of fit the program and buy into what you want to do and accomplish, um, you know, but just like anything else too, like you have your offense that your offense coordinator head coach wants to run. We have your defense that they, your defense coordinator wants to run, right? So like mm -hmm. you're also recruiting guys, um, not only on the, like that are going to fit your system as well. Um, you know, I think it really comes down to like, and this is the last part I forgot earlier, but like the kids that um, you do really well, like in high school athletically on the field, but they just don't qualify. That's a big piece oh, I missed earlier. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, grades. So like those kids that don't get that 2.0 or don't have the high SAT scores or whatever it may be, um, that they take that they just can't get into a NCAA school. So yeah. that's like, you know, a big pot of kids you're going to get. So really, you know, you get kids from all over, like 20, 21 year olds will come and you get kids fresh out of high school that are 18 that also are dealing with the acclimation of first time away from home. Right. So like mm -hmm. you have all these other things that you're tying in, um, down at Bloom, we had them all live together in one building, uh, which was mm -hmm. own unique experience. Um, Holy shit, so you that. can imagine, you know, what yeah. that looked like. Uh, that was also one of my responsibilities was managing the hall that they lived in. Uh, so you also like, you know, you just deal with those personalities too. They, they come in and you're they're on the field, they're teammates, but you know, mm -hmm. they get restless in the building when there's nothing to do. Sure, so yeah. the idea is like the least amount of time that those kids have to themselves, like free time, the better, like mm -hmm. you're talking, yeah. wake up at, you know, for breakfast check at six 45 or six 30, whatever, get in, have them do study hall before class, go to class. You know, we get done on like one, one thirty. come over to practice, you know, get your film in, get your tape on, um, you know, get taped up, get out to practice, practice all day, go to dinner, come back, more study hall, you know, then usually we try and have some kind of activity for them at night. So whatever it was, just to keep them busy, to keep them out of trouble, honestly, because yeah. that's ultimately what it would be like, um, you know, and like different coaches have different rules, but as far as like kids would get cut every day, you get caught with wow. drugs, you're cut. You know, mm -hmm. like that's it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. 
And uh, they know that before they come in. Um, but it's sad to see some of the talent that I know that was there that just got cut just in the blink of an eye, one bad decision, and that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's my next. That's my the next thing I have. Like, I work at a community college right now, and of course, I'm on the scale of like, I I have the students who like are in those soap scopes, right? Like, either they messed up and are coming back to community college, or they like didn't have the grades or coming here, or like they just need to figure it out first before they go into the four year school. But I have those students who I'm like. Fuck, I like you're on your last chance. Like, I hope you can figure it out because I'm trying so hard to help you, but then they don't figure it out. Which one? Of you, which one of those athletes do you see like have the most potential of success going forward? Like, have you seen it? Like the student who has something. I mean, the athlete who's something to prove, or the athlete who like has fucked up. They know this is their last chance, or the athlete who didn't have the grades. Like, which one of those are have you seen? Like, they had the most success to transfer and go somewhere else after this. And that's tough. Like, I think all of those kind of mesh together at some point right mm. so like the kids gotta want it in all those areas honestly yeah and those yeah. are the ones that will excel like you know i've seen kids that just no doubt would probably be in the nfl draft in a couple of years once they turn 21 like without a doubt but they they failed out they're not gonna get their grades straight don't care you know don't want to go to class like literally you'd have to walk give over me to that the, give me that huh? talent give me that talent and i would look where i would be just give yeah. me that talent oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. frustrating like dude i want to take yeah. three you know what i mean like i thought i did all right inside injuries and stuff but like god like just god-given talent size everything mm-hmm. doesn't want to lift don't want to work out don't want to go to classes wants to sit in a room play video games and then you know and as a coach right like you you kind of got to just get them along like yeah you know, like you can't just let every kid go because you'd have nobody on your staff yeah. But like, there's so much controversy that happens every day. Like there's no one day that happens. Like we'd have pre day meetings where we would just talk about like, you know, who, who fucked up, who did what the penalty after <laughs> okay. practice, how we're going to get, you know, and like just different, like, how do you keep kids eligible? Who's going to walk so-and-so to class just to make sure they get there. They might not Baby. stay. They might yeah. not even stay. Yeah. Might say, fuck it. All right. You walk me there. I'm out. See you. Like, and you get reports of it. Like, what do you mean we're not class? And then coach is hollering at me like I brought them there. I don't. I don't know if they left. What did we take notes for? You know, um, Jesus, like you can't. You like literally, like you can't bring a horse to like what is it, water and make him drink? Like no, holy no, fuck, no. dude. And it's like so. I know, like you know, Jason Brown and big personality, and everything like that. And a lot of people talk about like his methods and how he goes. But yeah. like you, know, you have to be able to speak a language to kids that they're going to receive, right? Yeah, and I think. You know, having some other backgrounds and stuff like that. Like the question I always like to ask him, like, how do you how do you want to be coached in the sense of like, how do you want me to speak to you, right? Like, yeah. how are you going to best receive that information and stuff like that? Mm. That mm-hmm. I know that like you know whether it's like just having pulling you aside and having that conversation on the field, whether you want me to get on your ass about things, um, you know. And I think that like each person responds differently, right, through our mm-hmm. own experiences and, and all that kind of stuff. So just as a background and some of the counseling I did, I tried to take that onto the field. Um, to get them to excel, just to understand what was going to light a fire under their ass. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think what you said, like, what what kind of kids succeeds the most? Like, it's got to be a mesh of all three. And I think until they understand that, like, they're solely responsible for what they have in front of them, you know, when it comes to it, like, until they take ownership of that, their past, their mistakes, whether mm-hmm. they didn't get recruited or whatever, like, once they recognize that and the aha moment goes in, like, I've seen that click. And then I've really seen kids like, okay, like, this really is it. Like, look around, like it's week three. This is already going on. Like I really need to get it together if I want to get out of here. Um, grade wise, you know, athletically got to clean up certain things. So, um, you know, it's just gotta be a desire and want from all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and 
Mike, this is last thing for me, and it kind of blends in because I feel like I know the direction you're going to go. But what what's the biggest lesson that you've learned at the JUCO level? Something that you're going to take into your future as well. Again, I, I feel like it might be in the realm of that communicating with these different personalities, but we'd love to know what what's the biggest lesson that you learned coaching down at Blinn? I think the biggest thing for me, man, is um, live life with grace and understand that people do deserve second chances, um, whether they make the most of those or don't. Um, you know, there are a lot of good people out here that have gotten caught up in a lot of things that sometimes they necessarily didn't have control over or had to act based on their basic needs being met. Hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't take the time to understand that. Uh, so for me, it's just live life a little more grace for people, um, understand about second chances. And I think the biggest thing is like listening to stories and understand how you can kind of play a role in someone's life in a positive way. So working with students and college students now, that's kind of the approach I take. Mm-hmm. When, when, when it comes to like, uh, like the, the life of the transfer, what are like some of the, were you able to get some of these kids to like big schools, like some D1 schools, or was it like some of the middle level uh, ones? Yeah, so we got to, uh, a couple kids to Power Five, um, just I know, and um, we sent some, like, specifically, I know there's, we have some kids at Indiana uh, University, Syracuse. Got the ass um, whipped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Barely, though, so I wouldn't Barely. be uh, too confident in your Ohio State Buckeyes, buddy. <laughs> I'm not. Um, you were sweating it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, then you get like a lot of the like smaller D ones, like the um, group of five schools and stuff like that. Like you'll get okay. in, uh, Texas State, uh, places like that, Tennessee Tech, Tennessee State. Um, a lot of the HBCUs um, will also pick up our kids, which is really awesome oh, to dope. see. And hopefully yeah. they get to excel their program, um, which, you know, makes watching college football even more difficult because like coaching these guys and I want to follow them, like checking box scores. Getting yeah. making sure I got ESPN Plus so I can get all like the games that aren't broadcasting on national TV that's and dope. stuff like that. But you know, like that's the cool part about it, like staying in yeah. touch with them, texting them, checking in on them, seeing how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I made a commitment to them. So whether that was just coaching for a year or two, but forever yeah. afterwards, you know, to if they ever need anything or advice or just want to chat, I'd be there for them. So, but uh, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I'll say a second to last question. When it comes down to uh, the life of the JUCO coach, like at this level, the college coach and like that, mm-hmm. what would you warn the next, the, the, that guy who's looking for that job, that that's his dream is to just start on the path. Like, it's crazy. Like, I love seeing the, the like, when you see, like, I, I feel like when you see, like, the old, um, the old coach scouts were like Kyle Shanahan, all these guys, like to see where the fuck they started off at. Like, they start yeah. off from the ground level. These coaches mm-hmm. start so low. So, like, what is that like? Like, like if just to keep it real with it, that guy who's looking to interview, what can you tell him that, you know, be aware, this is what's out there. Yeah. I mean, be prepared to do anything you possibly never thought you'd ever be asked to do. <laughs> well, that might mean like, you know, like legally, dude, legally, yeah, legally. Yeah. yeah <laughs> legally, right, of course. But when you, like, Dude, it's a lot of hours. Like you're going to be asked yeah. to work 16, 18 hour days, you know, like you're going to be tasked with like cleaning the laundry out, like putting stickers on helmets until two, three in the morning. You know what I mean? You're going to be the guy who doesn't even get to do anything like in the sense of like, like be prepared to know your contributions might not be even coaching on the field. Like your contribution might be running the practice pads out there and getting everything set up on the field. And that's all you're going to do, but like yeah. be the best at doing it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like making sure that the camera's set up or that, you know, the field's set up or the field's painted or whatever it's going to be. You might not have a direct impact, uh, like, on the game, 
Um, but the cool part I will say about JUCO is because there's only so many coaches that if you go to a JUCO and start there, like your ass is going to be hands-on right away. Like there's no time mm-hmm. to babysit you. Like, yep, you got the running backs. Yep, you got you got linebackers. Like go do your thing, do your drills. Here's what we're running. Make sure they know this before we get to, you know, inside, outside team, uh, the different sessions of practice and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and when there's opportunity for you to give feedback, like speak up. Whether mm-hmm. you sound like the dumbest motherfucker in the room, speak up, say something. If somebody asks you something, say something, make a contribution. Like, and that's how you'll start to get like those cracks in the door will open up. And, yeah. you know, if you really have like some thoughtful insight on things, people are going to tap you to stop in and watch film, um, you know, and that's kind of how all that stuff starts, right? It's just mm-hmm. seeing like how people's brains work differently, understanding, you know, I think one of the best head coaches in the league is the Dolphins head coach. Like yeah, he's way yeah. out there, man. He's out of left yeah. field. Like just yeah. the stuff that he thinks about his creativity. Like he's a fucking you know, Mike weirdo, McDaniels, I think, yeah, like, yeah. you know, I, where did he even start? You know what I mean? Like they yeah. even play organized sports. I don't even know. Like maybe, <laughs> but like the guy just knows football. He knows how to like, you know, draw up a game plan exploit what his team does well like can exploit what the team they're playing doesn't do well so there's a famous comedian that that actually grew up with him and was talking about how like they grew up together and like he's just always been that guy like he's always been the smartest motherfucker even on the field so like he's he's always had that waste um i would say my my last question is there is there one player you don't have to say his name or put his information out there like that that stands out to you like this is a guy this is the reason juco exists like this is he has come from whatever his background may be and he made something of it and look where he's at now and he's he's showing like it's one it's one of those like hollywood stories that you're like oh i love this kid or something else or anything yeah i mean they're not doing so well in hollywood stories now uh yeah but you know like i was fortunate to have a, like one kid in my group you know between the positions i coached that i think you know went through a lot of hard times was a high rated prospect coming out um, you know, got into college, didn't do so well, got linked up with his brother, uh, his brother got in some trouble, you know, didn't really have too much family in his life at the time. Um, like what a lot of people don't know is like, yeah, these kids, like, do you still get scholarships at Juco and stuff like that? But like, yo, you still got bills to pay. You know what I mean? Like you may have a yeah. meal plan, a place to sleep, but like you got a car that needs insurance, that needs gas. Like you need to feed yourself with just snacks and groceries and all that other stuff. Like seeing a kid, like go to practice, go through everything, finally get his grades right. He's doing DoorDash, you know, driving down to Houston just to make the most money after a game, you know, on a Saturday, just to hustle a little bit, to make some bread, just to take care of himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and seeing him get it all together and put it all together, you know, like at a place he's at right now, I'm hoping, you know, if not this year, as he continues to get touches and things like that, like hopefully he'll get on the map. And like, I really hope one day, you know, good things happen to him because he's a freak, man. He's He's an absolute unit. Uh, one of my one of my next questions I have, and I think this is why Coach Brown stands out to us because Coach Brown never held back when it came to mm. cursing his fucking coaching staff out, the fights between players. He let it rip with the guys. Like my favorite clip of him was when he's like arguing back with a coach, and a coach is like bitching back. He's like, "Just say, shut the fuck up. I don't know anything, coach. You saved my life. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, have you seen like what is it like? Because I love Nick Saban. I know Nick Saban fucking rips his players." Go that guy. What is that elite level of like coaches arguing, players fighting, and stuff like that? Like, what 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 is that behind the scenes that we never would see? Oh, every day. I mean, <laughs> like kids just walk up late to practice, think they're gonna let like, and then the whistle coaches just beelining for them, screaming at mother effing <laughs> them the whole time, like get the fuck off the practice. You want to be late? Get the fuck out of here. You're out of here. Like you're off the team. 
And then at the end, you know, at the end of the practice, he's calling him like, all right, well, let's talk about this. Come to the office. And all of a sudden, the guy just got kicked off the team, you know, two hours ago before practice is now back on the team. And, you know, they're playing like what? Like as far as our kids fighting each other outside of camp, it wasn't like that. Um, yeah, they're all they all kind of like, you know, know they're all in it for the same reason. So for the mm-hmm. most part, there wasn't too many fights. But, you know, like coaches get into it all the time. Like and the more you start losing, the more things like get crazy and like out of hand. Like, yo, we had two coaches on the sideline during a game. I'll bump in the booth with one of the other coaches, you know, and just like we're watching this unfold. And it's like, oh, this isn't good. This isn't good. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, like they're in each other's faces. And one of them just headbutts the other one so hard his whole uh, oh, things and everything came flying off and stuff like that. And this was like, it wasn't a homecoming weekend. It was family weekend. So we had like a lot of board of trustees. The whole board of trustees is out there watching this whole thing unfold. And I'm just up the top like, oh, no, oh, this is not good. And at the same time, right, like it was in between like special teams going on. So like they're still like going at it, yelling at it. We're trying to get kickoff team or kickoff return team back out there. Like get them out there. Yeah. Get them out there. Do we got yeah, 11? Yeah. We got 10? Because the game doesn't stop, right? Yeah, so like yeah. this whole big commotion goes on and this fight's like escalated. So now like the players are holding coaches back and all this different stuff. And like we only got eight guys on the field because half of them are involved trying to hold their coach back from kicking each other's ass or whatever. So, Holy I mean, shit. dude, you see it all like it's I'd imagine it's not an uncommon sight to see coaches yeah. get into it at practice on the games. Like, you know, that's why I kind of like I like the documentary and like being a, you know, former Juco coach, understanding that like what goes into it. Um, and like I said before, like what makes people like fired up, like at the end of the day, it's all about passion for the game and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like afterwards things can get resolved and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the, th- the biggest things too, is like, you know, you put a lot on the kids and want to make them accountable for their actions. Like, you know, as coaches, you also got to think like, you know, what are you doing to hold people accountable, even mm-hmm. your own team? You know what I mean? And I think that like, that might've been an area we were lacking, um, in some ways and why probably we didn't do as well as we should have in the season. Mm. Yeah. I think it's. It, like my brother always talks about, you know, my brother was a college track athlete and he was like, I want to come on one day and talk about like, you know, what is the difference between a college athlete and a high school athlete? Because they, he's like, he's like, I've heard the shit that I've heard a coach say to me. It's just like, you would never believe someone could talk to you that way. <laughs> and then the next minute, like, you're just cool. You're just cool with each other. Uh, like, I, I, Oh my God. What? I just saw this happen. What? I forget. I just saw this happen with the, I forget what player was in college football. And he was saying that like he was at the team dinner and he was like laughing, joking around, and like he's a starting QB. And the coach like comes like was like the QB coach like yo, let me talk to you. He's like, why are you fucking smiling? He's like, the head coach wants to know why you're smiling. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, why the fuck are you laughing and just joking around? Like, this is fucking business. So he's like, oh, shit. So now he's like in a blender. Like, I guess I'd just be angry for the next day. He's like, go back to your hotel room and shut the fuck up and don't laugh. Like, it's business day. The game is the next day. So then he goes back. While he's walking there, he bumps to the head coach. And head coach is like, Mr. Jokester, like fucking jokes you have today, huh? And it's like, holy shit, bro. Like, oh, it's the day before a game and I'm eating dinner. Like, just I just couldn't imagine as a player, like, how would I have responded to that? You know what I mean? And it's like, you bring up a good point of like, you need to learn how to talk to certain players. Like, certain players mm-hmm. can't take that. Like, that player that he kicked out of practice for being late would have been that player that, like, even though you want to make a, a, a statement of like, don't be late, I'm holding you accountable. You know that he's a player. If you say he's off the team, he's going to go back home. Cause he yep. can't handle yeah. the coach. Please, like, give me a second chance. Like, he's not. Yep. He's not doing that. His pride is gonna say, "I'm out of here. Yep. I'm leaving." See, yeah, you're right. You nailed yeah. it, dude. And I think, like, you know, like, there's a lot to be said. I think in just life that comes with certain things. Like, I think too easy. Like, 
that is the easy way just to like bail out. But like, you know, when like people get after you, get on you, or like you get into an argument with people at work or whatever, like, you know, about whatever it is, like, let's say you're in a meeting and it gets heated and all this other kind of stuff, right? Like, I think it's a lost, not an art, but like, it's a lost thing that like, you can disagree heavily in a meeting, but walk away afterwards and go to the break room, have coffee and talk about sports yeah, yeah. or whatever yeah. else in commonality. Like, that's not how it is anymore, man. People just cut you off. Like, well, then if we, you're going to come at me in this meeting about this, then we can't even connect at all outside of this whole meeting. Like, I'm forever. Mm -hmm. I'm done with you. You're canceled, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I just like, to me, it's just like, you know, my buddy and I, we were at practice, like every day we kicked the shit out of each other. Cause he was a defensive end. I was a tight end. We'd go at it every day. Like we would try and beat yeah. the shit out of each other. Yeah. And then yeah. afterwards the whistle blows, we're walking back. Like, man, I can't, we've got to do that assignment for so-and-so's class. Like joking around, like <laughs> nothing ever happened. Like yeah. that's just the way it goes. And like, I feel like there's so much of like that and just the society now and even in sports, like, Oh, you did me wrong. You're going to yell at me. Well, I'm just going to get out of here. And it's like, yeah. you know, stick around. Like, mm -hmm you need a little bit of that in your life. Like, cause that mm -hmm. is ultimately what happens. Like if you, if I walked away every time someone yelled at me, I mean, I would turn my back on my whole life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I love about sports. People don't realize it. Like they're like, why would I ever play football? I'm like, dude, it's so much of character it builds. Like, I'm sorry. There's no sport that compares to it. Like baseball. I don't I, like, I had a baseball coach that would yell at us and it never affected me. Cause I was like, <laughs> dude, I, I get cursed out by my own dad on the football field. Like my dad was my high school coach and like, I, you can't yell at me about being like, I didn't do it either because I wasn't phased by it. And also it's like, I responded to it like, all right, I won't fuck up anymore. I heard you. I got you. Like it, right. I, I learned from it and move on. But like, mm -hmm. literally like there were times in practice where me and my dad got in a fist like fights, like on the field. And like, people are like, yo, what happened? We guys got home. I'm like, we got in a car. Like, what, what do you want to eat? And then you get over it. Like, it's just, it's a way yeah. of life to be like, it happened on it. It's business. And there's pleasure that happens. So, like, I think I think now yep. it's been lost. Like you said, it's lost. Yeah. Like they yep. take everything personal. Take everything to heart. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Uh, Liam, do you have any any last questions? Any last words? No, no. I think I'm all good. Let's uh, kick it on to the next. Yes, sir. All right, Mike. Get ready, fo. I would say the game of the week. Um, uh, for for anyone out there right now, I was talking to actually my dean. The dean of the school here, we were talking about sports, and he was like, yo, the one thing I could say is that he went into Kohl's to go buy something. And then, you know, the lady was making conversations, old white lady that works at Kohl's was just making conversation. And she's like, oh, did you see uh, Deion Sanders at Colorado? Like, that's how you know this team is now on the, on, on, on mm -hmm. the map with that Colorado game being 45 to 42. Um, what a game. In my opinion, it was a it was a great game to watch. What were what were your opinions and your takeaways, Mike, uh, from that game? I love it. I mean, you know, like people do things differently, and I think like you know, Coach Prime, like I followed him at Jackson State, close. Like he's making noise. He does things differently. Mm -hmm. I think what people don't appreciate about him is just like how raw and honesty yeah. is. And it's funny, right? Like, wouldn't you want that? Wouldn't you want transparency and honesty in your job and yeah. your life? Like. You know, like, it's kind of like, say it to my face. Well, like, I am. I'm letting you know right now. This is what's yeah. going to happen if you stay, whether it was with those kids or not. So, like, I love it. Like, I think that's a way to build a program, right? Like, you know, I think there's a million people sitting back waiting to point that finger at him when th their first loss or whatever it is. Who's going to be like, oh, we knew you were a fraud or this. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, like, whatever. You know, you get on with it. Like, that's not going to hurt his pride. He ain't going to think twice. He's going to get back out there and get after the grind. Like, this is his first year with like 58 transfers or whatever it is, an unheard of 
there was only they said in the game like 10 kids that were there on full scholarship that are still there like yeah. from the previous year which is crazy i mean dude they played their asses off his son is a beast mm-hmm. um and that kid what travis uh travis, yeah, hunter. travis hunter hunter yeah man that, that kid's just he's a playmaker like i think it's cool dog. to see a kid play yeah straight dog that kid that's actually gonna play both ways a little bit like you haven't seen that in a while man like no i yeah. love it like put your best players on the field and let them go yeah especially at that level i i mean to play i what was he their second leading receiver and i mean made an inter- his interception mm-hmm. was something i don't know if i've ever seen I mean, you see that running back out in the flat like yeah. that. It's a touchdown 10 out of 10 times. And the athlete, the athleticism he True. had in order to make that play was absolutely ridiculous. But, I mean, it's crazy because Colorado's on the map, right? I mean, this was a program that yep. I didn't hear anything on other than them just being dog shit. Well, they win one game all of last year, and now they beat a team, which, Malik, I know you and I talked about it, but, like, had a lot of turnover. It was still a team that was in the national championship game last year. and. Now I think the updated rankings they're like twenty two yeah. or twenty three or something like that, and I it's 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 the effect mm-hmm. of prime man, and and they're going to be fun to watch. They were like the marquee game on Fox this week, um, just like they were against TCU. So I mean we're going to see a lot of them, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, but here, here's the thing: like when you look at the when you look at the the, the top, uh, like what is it? Uh, the week two top twenty five rankings. Of course, you still have. In order, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, FSU, Ohio State, USC, mm. um, Penn State, Washington, Tennessee, Notre Dame. And then, yo, Colorado creeped in there at 22. Oh, that's huge. They were unranked. Like, they were unranked going to that game. And no fucking, votes. Yeah, no votes, nothing. And here's 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 my only worry, concern with them, right? Yeah, like, it was a hell, it was the best game of the weekend, in my, in my opinion, to watch. But everyone was tied, like, I just don't know what to expect. I don't mm-hmm. doubt Prime. I'm Prime. I don't doubt um, their ability to go out there and win. I don't doubt these guys because no matter what, these are five star athletes who were recruited to maybe they wouldn't have played this year, but would definitely would have played in their second year at Alabama or wherever they have gone. Right? These are still guys who are were dogs that were you know recruited by these schools who went out there and played. It's just a what if. Like I don't know what to expect. I hope it's a good fucking game. TCU is not the same TCU in my opinion. It wasn't that yeah. uh, you can compare them. That's a big school, no matter what. They, those are players that were under those guys who know winning, who've seen winning, and, and are ready to go win. They did have some fucking athletes like that. That that one kid, uh, I don't know if he's wide receiver, running back, was disgusting for TCU. I didn't even know that that quarterback for TCU was actually the starter last year. So there right. were some guys on there. The only thing that I am concerned about is are two things: their defensive line being able to hold up that defensive side, as well as the rushing. They only mm-hmm. rushed for like 55 yards, but threw for 510. Can't yeah. do that every game. You're going to yeah. have shut down corners. You're going to have shut down. You're going to have, you're like, you're, it's just not going to be the game, right? You're going to have pressure to whereas uh, um, Shador can't sit in the pocket all day. And you want to talk about MVP? We're talking a lot about, you know, Travis Hunter playing both ways. Well, I look at that game, not just because of his yardage, his poise as a quarterback for the Shador blew me out. I, I, I knew oh, he was yeah. like, I love his cockiness. His his bravado he has he he embodies that old Dion like spirit in him of like I'm that guy I'm him but he really showed it with like his poise to sit in the pocket oh, yeah. throw sling the ball versus a big program his first time doing that like granted he's grown up in big time plays I mean big time games so like I was impressed but I'm definitely I, I definitely see them beat Nebraska like I, I would put my money on Colorado to beat Nebraska Nebraska is a dog show 
But if true chess comes, like uh, let's see, I don't know what the you you got them losing Nebraska. We'll talk about we'll talk about the the bets of bets of the week. There, that's gonna oh, be one. Shit. That's gonna be one. He's <laughs> up so, yeah. for that trap game. Early draft. Yeah, get look, the we talk fuck about it. Here. We'll talk about it. But oh, look, man, that's one saying. of those games where it's exactly what you said. It's one team looked like dog shit. One team looked incredible. You think it's a guaranteed yeah. bet, and it ends up going the other way. But um, yeah, but you love taking that bet, Liam. You love taking that bet. Oh yeah. His Wi-Fi is going in. Mm-hmm. Let me call him. I'm gonna call you, Liam. No, I was gonna say, I've. At least on my side, it seems like whoever's talking pauses sometimes. And then, like, whoever isn't is fine. So it might just be Riverside. Nah, it's you, Brody. (laughs) (laughs) Mike and I, I, on my side, you were freezing, but I saw Mike fine. You know what I mean? And then, like, when Mike Mike was talking, like, you and I were fine, but. Ah, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Okay. I got you. I got you. Um, All right. I'll I'll hit them up to see what the hell's going on. I put in thing last week anyway. Uh, okay, so we have Ohio State, Indiana next. All right, yeah, you're a boy. <laughs> all right, all right. So we have next. Uh, I mean, if, if there's any last words on Colorado going forward, I know Liam was saying he'll take he'll take the bet of <laughs> of uh, Nebraska going into it. Any last words? No, I, think they I think they're 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 still capped at eight games. Oh yeah, I, I said it's a yeah. good season if they make the if they make a bowl if they break yep. five hundred. That's a great season in my eyes. Yep. All right, so uh, moving on to my guys, Ohio State versus Indiana, twenty three to three win. Definitely, when you go to when you want to talk about Power Five rankings, definitely the lowest scoring game um, out of all of them, and that I knew was going to happen going in. With uh, Kyle McCord, who looked like shit going into it. I knew this was going to be a, one of those games where I would be happy to just get away with the win. Ho- I was hoping and praying that he would show me something big going into this game. Right. Um, but go ahead, Liam. What were your thoughts watching that boring-ass fucking game? I mean, that was, that was the thing. I really couldn't watch it. I mean, I was watching the beginning because <laughs> because I know they're your squad, but... Look, you've been harping on this over and over and over again, and and everything else that I saw from the media was Ohio State is Ohio State. The quarterback will get figured out. But, bro, you've been on it. You've been worried about it. And at least from what I saw, that's kind of the concern. Um, The Marvin Harrison injury, that turned out to be fine. But, like, this is what we kind of talked about before, too. I'm almost surprised he's deciding to play. I mean, this is a top five pick, maybe top three pick, that is, like, locked in right now. Um, they're, they're definitely in a little bit of trouble. I, I look at this Big Ten right now, and after week one, there's two teams that are better than you in your own division of the Big Ten. I, I, Michigan's mm-hmm. better, and I would put Penn State ahead of them right now too. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's it, it's worry time. And again, week one overreactions are going to happen both ways, but yeah, it's college football, man. You know it's week, it's week to week. You got to get it figured out quick. Yeah, it scares the shit out of me. Go ahead, Mike. I just think for me, it's the quarterback play. You guys had the past four years, you just had straight dudes, right? That was never going to be a question. And like quarterbacks in college football make teams roll, right? Like Mm -hmm. they give teams swagger, confidence. Like defense can play a little bit more loose when they know their quarterback's going to go out there and throw the ball 300 yards. You know, they can just hit people all over the field and stuff like that. I think people tense up, teams tense up like, well, we don't really know what this guy's going to do. 
or the next guy. So like people tend to just tense up, overcompensate, try and do things, try and get out of the team mode. They try and kind of be individuals on the field. And you've mm-hmm. seen a little bit of that on defense, trying to make plays or miss tackles. Um, their defense look good overall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was my only think, like, It's just going to take time for them to mesh on offense. Like I think, you know, that's something they never had to do. They didn't have to wait. Like, so I could see yeah. like, oh, people being concerned as Ohio State fans. Like, nah, they're probably still going to roll a little bit, but uh, like they're a team – I look forward to that Notre Dame game in week oh, yeah. four. I know we're getting ahead, but I think that's going to be a true test. And the way Notre Dame's looked the past couple of weeks, yep, that's good. That's going to be a challenge. You're going to find out what your team's really like. Yeah, yeah. I have us losing to Notre Dame, Penn State, and Michigan. Like playing that way. Yeah. And the only thing that can save us is our defense. No matter what, our defense steps up and does what it does. Like we have a very elite, uh, older defensive side. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like we couldn't. If, if I'm Mara Harrison. I'll give you you got uh week you got the Notre Dame game. If we look like shit, I'm sitting out the rest of the year. If I'm Mario Harrison, you're like, I'm sitting the fuck out. I'm not yeah. risking that injury. Like that shit scared me as fuck. And I and I feel for him because it's like fuck, like I didn't sign I didn't sign up for this. Like that's that's type telling right. like like mm-hmm. oh, like I didn't sign up for not having a quarterback at all. I didn't sign up for me running routes all day long and not getting the ball or, or having overthrows because to be honest, he almost got hurt because of the overthrown, like right. overthrown ball. Right. Like there was like that. That's just shitty. So I don't know. I know that they're going to be using both quarterbacks of Devin Brown as well, but they're both shitty quarterbacks. And like this is and what, what I think people are looking at just right now. This scares me for the future. This scares me of like, are we going to be wide receiver and quarterback you anymore? Like, are we going to have these guys anymore? Like, and this is a true test. Like this might be the last year for Ryan day. Like this is his right. make or break year. So it's like, where the fuck does Ohio State go next with losing, not having a great quarterback? It, and it, it fucking frustrates me. Like, Ryan Day, what the fuck were you doing that we didn't have one of the elite quarterback come in already? Mm-hmm. How did we not get recruit one of these elite guys? Like, we're seeing all these guys flip right now to Michigan yeah. to go play, right? And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, does, does Ryan Day know he's on his last leg? Like, yo, I'm out of here after this year regardless. Like, it's, it's, it's already yeah. going to be that. Yeah, I mean, so even the transfer, the, like the transfer portal now being so big in college, like I, we just touched on Notre Dame. Like they got one of the better quarterbacks in the game of college football. Like yep. you're right, Malika. Did they just put the trust in the wrong guy? Look, it feels good to have football back because this is the only sport where after one week we can talk about the quarterback's trash, Ryan Day's gone, and at the end of the day, still a top five team in the nation. <laughs> Damn, right, right, right when you said – uh, it's good to have college football back. Go ahead, go ahead, go uh, ahead. Say uh, yeah, it again. Yeah. Good to have college football back because this is the only sport where after one week, the quarterback's trash, Ryan Day's gone, and at the end of the day, you're still a top five <laughs> yeah. team in the nation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a fact. That's a fact. But no, but it's the high expectation of, of it is. college football, of Ohio it is. State. <laughs> it is. <laughs> that's, that's such a great point. <laughs> I feel like I'm an Eagles fan now. Yeah, <laughs> this, well, this is what it is to be Eagles fan. <laughs> week by week, man. <laughs> uh, but you brought it up, Mike. Your guys, your guys are rolling at Penn State. Yeah, uh, Penn State versus West Virginia. I was very impressed. You might have a guy. Like I, you know what it is. You guys had to sit through. I mean, how long did you have that quarterback for? Like shitty, below average guy for how long? Six like, years of Sean Clifford. Yeah, Sean Clifford, <laughs> six fucking years. Not his yeah. brother. His brother's a wide receiver on the team now, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw that his brother's there. So you got to have a guy now. Like, How are you feeling now that you can have a little bit more faith and trust in your guy? Maybe to even beat Ohio State this year. Final four bust, baby. Yeah. No, I, wow. I honestly think – so they're, they're – I, I figured it would be a tough game, right? West Virginia, you know, 
they're, they're somewhat of an old rival that used to play each other kind yeah. of thing. They're coming to Penn State. It's your home opener. I appreciate that they played a real team and not some trash team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, like, you know, the run game is going to be fine. Like, Drew Lair, I think he opened a lot of eyes. He's pretty solid. The defense is going to be, you know, I, I was a little bit concerned with some of that, um, some of the plays that they gave up. But I think it's just one of those things that's just – you can practice all you want, but until you get on the field and have like game life situations and stuff like that, I think they'll be fine. But, um, you know, I think we actually play on the road against Ohio state this year. You do um, yeah. play home against Michigan. Yeah. So yeah. that's going to be, you know, those are always the two games on their schedule. Like, are we going to get a James Franklin 10 and two team? You'll get mm-hmm. some new year's Eve bowl game. That doesn't matter. Uh, you know, win it or lose it, depending on how many guys stay or leave for the bowl. Like, you know, like that's kind of what I'm used to. But this is, the, I, I said this, you know, going out of the season, going in, it's like if that quarterback can step up and be a dude. Like, there's no reason why we can't be a Final Four team. Yeah, I, I, I was happy to see. I mean, I don't give a fuck about Penn. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't give a fuck about State Penn. Um, but <laughs> I, I think, in, in my, in my opinion, it was good to finally see you guys firing. Like, I haven't seen that type of offense from you guys in a while of like yeah. just taking shots fast, moving all centers. To be honest, how are you how are you feeling about the defensive front? Like I think you guys are doing really good. Like, I mean, you guys always have linebacker you as well, right? Like the yeah. linebackers was was firing, man. I was like, I'm impressed. Again, it's it's week one, so it's like you can <laughs> yeah. really judge week one. Like in my opinion, right. like I can't really judge week one. Only game I could judge week one on is LSU versus Florida. That's the only game I'm going into it saying I can yeah. judge these teams going forward of like what they're going to be now. Yeah, I think I can judge LSU Florida. I think yeah. I can judge Clemson. Yeah, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but speaking of that, let's let's move on to the LSU versus Florida. Liam, we and me, you were texting back and forth. What what a game in the beginning, and then it got it got messy coming out of halftime. Mm-hmm. It did. It did. I mean, look, the biggest storyline for me is Florida State's back. Like they're back. Yes. Um, Yo, yeah. And look, I, Malik, you and I talked about this like last week. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But LSU, like all I heard was that this was going to be a team that's going to compete for an SEC championship. That's going to compete for an Addy. Not from what I saw. That team was pressing you know why? the very first drive. The head coach, you know. The, exactly. Why is he still a fucking Ex- coach in the exactly. in college? Come on, but bro. If they keep playing, if they keep playing like that, he won't be. He won't be there long. Um, no. From the first drive, man, they they what three four plays got down on the one yard line and then had like seven plays because of a defensive penalty, which was kind of bullshit anyway, and got stopped. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, from there, like the game completely flipped. Like you know, like yeah. you make a stop like that, any momentum you had from that first That's drive huge. is gone. And mm-hmm. man, that Florida State quarterback Travis, like. He's another one of those dudes that's just been around college football forever. Yep. They're they're a fun team to watch. And, you know, you kind of look at the ACC right now, especially with Clemson looking how they're looking. There's yep. no reason why Florida State shouldn't be in the playoff from the way that they looked in week one. Yeah, I mean, Florida State's defense was holy oh my God. shit, bro. It was just – I mean – the LSU's quarterback, Jaden Daniels, I mean, he looked like he was shitting bricks. Like, he, he did, was yeah. in a yeah. loss. He was – this dude jumped in the air, like, come, like, out of – like, just for the fuck of it and just yeah. got tripped. Like, it made – it wasn't for a first down. It wasn't for anything. It was just, mm-hmm. like, I'm just trying to do something. And it used – that's what the difference is. It used to work for you in high school. It's not working for you now, brother. Like, that shit yep. used to work then. But, like, it, like, again, even if you're not a fan of these programs, you still like to see the 90s 
teams be big. Like everyone still hopes for Miami to figure it the fuck out yep. to be yep. back on top. Everyone still wants Nebraska, Notre mm-hmm. Dame to be these big programs again to bring it out. So like at the end of the day, I'm just happy that F- I haven't seen the FSU on the map since Jameis Winston. So like I- I'm happy yep. to, to to see them back in in the group old way. Oh, eat the so w, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he was going crazy, but I did, I did like it. But, but Mike, you brought up a good point of that Clemson that we talked about. Mm. Is this the like, and the only organization that we have talked about of like, can you think about any other organization that you have seen a fall off like this? Like when we were in high school and and in college, it was Debo, it was it was all these guys that were coming out of Clemson. Like this drop off is crazy to see, and to go down yep. and lose to Duke. And only put up seven on yeah, Duke. They got seven. Holy fuck! Uh, what, what, what were your takeaway? Do you can you think of any other organizations, or just just the, the craziest thing you've seen? I mean, that was like a statement game for Duke, right? Mm-hmm. I think that they this is one that they circled on their calendars, knew they were going to be oh, home. Yeah. They were oh, tailgating yeah. probably out there in Shashevskyville yeah. for you know eighteen <laughs> days good. before. So yeah. like they had it coming, like. I think Clemson will bounce back. The ACC is not that strong, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I like, that's the thing. It's just like the talent that they used to have and what you're used to seeing, like the, the Trevor Lawrence's like Deandre Hopkins, Debo's yeah, like, Debo, uh, yeah. um, what's his face? He's running back coach, CJ Spiller. Like they used to be yeah. a very explosive, yeah. like high powered offense, like drive the ball down the field and just get after it. Right. Like they mm-hmm. were teams that were, they were going to cover 56 point spreads against like, yeah, teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like all of a sudden, like that just like went away, and it's just mm-hmm. like wow, like this is scary. Like it reminds me almost like the USC fall off after Liner and Bush oh, and all yeah. that. Dude, yeah, they yeah, were yeah, yeah. they were like non-existent for how many years up until kind of really recently? recently like they yeah. had a Definitely. decent run. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had one bowl game, the Rose Bowl, Penn State that one year, like was sixteen or whatever. But like, yeah. they really haven't been like the USC that I mm-hmm. remember growing up. Mm-hmm. Like even Texas had that map, like massive fall off that sure. national championship game. Those two teams, yeah, and, yeah, right. Dude, living yeah. down there, it's funny between the A and M folk and the Texas folk, and like, I mean, those people, like, it is literally uh, like God, football, yeah. and guns, like, yeah. and family. Yeah. In that order. <laughs> it's pretty wild, man. But like, like that's like kind of just like to me, it's just been kind of what it reminded me of. Like, and then like just not hearing about them. Yeah, what, 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 no. What's the quarterback's name that was just that's in the NFL now for the Browns? Oh, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Like, yep. That's when I was like, that's what I think about. I don't even think about Trevor Lawrence because he didn't. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence really didn't do shit um, there, but he was the man. But he he didn't really do as like Deshaun Watson won a game. He's throwing a Hunter Renfro. Yeah, yeah. Like you've had like Mike to your point. Like you had just dudes on the field and watching that game last night. There's no dudes. And no. <laughs> I think a direct quote from Dabo. Speaking of college football coaches, I can't really stand Dabo annoying as shit. really yeah and this is part of the reason like he's just corny as shit and when the nil was kind of like in motion i think he said when the when when it gets approved i'm retiring oh go figure oh. he didn't but it's kind of right. one of those things like oh okay so now we're leveling the playing field the transfer portal we're leveling the playing field and it's now look bag. where clemson's at yeah exactly yep. now look where yeah. they're at they don't have these guys and you're getting smacked against duke mm-hmm. week one we like i i know it sucks it's week one. You have your blunders, but it's like when it, when a game's not going your way, it's just not going your way. I mean, they had two fumbles in the red zone, mm. one by the quarterback, another one by the running back. They had, he threw a pick six. Like, I mean, I mean, not pick six, just a pick. It was just like it's just not going your way, and it's like it, it, it is what it is. I mean, it makes me remember. Remember when um oh, what is my boy? He's not in NFL. He was at Oklahoma, the quarterback that went to the Browns as well. 
he was disgusting Oklahoma quarterback. Bradford? No, no, no. New, that new, went, new. That went to the Browns? The Oklahoma that went to the Browns. And like, is that, oh, is Baker that Mayfield. Baker oh, Mayfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when he played Kentucky? He was just like, enjoy basketball season. Like, that. Oh, it's yeah. like, yeah. now you got to respect Duke now. Duke just, I mean, hey, they, they beat they beat up Clemson, but they fucking dog walked them. Now that quarterback's yeah. going to be on the map now. Like, the game's going to be packed now. Like, it was packed because it was week one, but if they lose that game, that stadium's not going to be as packed every week. Mm-hmm. Now the fans are coming out for it. So yeah, they're coming back. Yeah, you yeah, win, yeah. They win. When you win, they show up. Like, they show up. That's just the way it goes. That's, that's true. That's it. Uh, what were any any other games that I really didn't highlight that you guys were like surprised about? Look out for us going forward. I don't think I had any 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 crazy ones. I think I don't know what games this week are going to look like, but any any highlights you can think of this from this week? I think I think the of course for everyone, uh, team of the of the 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 week would definitely go to Colorado and in my yeah. opinion, Florida as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only other thing on my side from this past week, Malik, I'm telling you about Drake May in North Carolina, and and we talked about it with uh, Spencer Rattler, them going on against South Carolina. North Carolina got the dub, and I'm telling you, watch out for him, especially this upcoming draft. I got you. I got you. We're going to see. We're going to see. Oh, one question I have, and I asked you a little bit, Liam, um, is what is this Washington hype of them being ranked Mm. number 10? Like I don't, I don't get this. Like well, I haven't watched them. Like, am I? Is this a team I have to be watching this year to look out for? Yeah, I think the quarterback's that good. Penix, yeah. I think, I think he's legit. Mike, you said it. Like as the quarterbacks go, the teams go. Yep. I don't, I don't know what they'll, what they'll end up being. I feel like over the past few years, especially Washington's always like on the cusp, and then something happens, like the Pac-12 just eats itself. But I think the quarterback's that good. Yeah, right. Penix. He's a transfer. He he started out at Indiana. Ah, and he, okay. He was okay. a beast there. That was he played in the COVID year. I remember it was like a bullshit call at the end of the game against Penn State where he dove in the end zone. It was controversy whether he hit the pylon or didn't. Uh, he, I'm pretty sure it was him, but like he was quarterback in that team, and I was like, damn, this kid's good. Like Indiana's gonna like get on the map if he stays. And then like two years later, he just transferred and went to Washington. But they played. I forget who they played in the bowl game last year, but he lit it up, man. Like yeah, he, he is okay. good. It's tough, right? Like. They got Bo Nix is still out there at Oregon. Like <laughs> he played fairly well. Like I feel like he's been in the league, like in college football for like ten years as well. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like guys that just hang around. And it's like he probably could get drafted, but um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Like it's the Pac-10 too, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. don't waste the don't waste the Final Four bid on those bums out there. Like yeah, you know, <laughs> like I don't, that's how I feel. Maybe when it expands to eight, but like I think last year has taught us about TCU, like. Like right. if you replace TCU, like think about how that playoff difference looks in that championship game. I mean, Ohio State wins the fucking championship game last year. If it curse, isn't for curse for of the podcast, me. curse of the podcast. No, bro, no. <laughs> and hey, keeping it going. I hope the curse flips, and I'm wearing your color on purpose to put all that juju on you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> week one. And, oh, look at this. We got yeah. You were in you were in Dallas blue as well. Uh, my <laughs> week one is here. And we have uh, this giant blue. Yeah, giant blue. I was gonna say (laughs) say, it is giant blue. Uh, We have it's perfect timing to have week one Cowboys versus Giants. I already have some bets out there with some of my students that are Giants fans. Mike, I'm gonna give you the mic, and you said you had a lot. lot, You had some things to say. Go ahead, brother. 
First off, I'm going to say is like, way to gamble your students really uh, showing professional growth in the league. Yeah, yeah right. Taking all their, their lunch money, being the big bully at the lunch Talk table, them. way to go. 20 beans, 20 beans. And that's exactly what the Giants are going to do to Dallas on Sunday night. Bully them around. I got them winning by double-digit score at home. Damn. Wow. But how much? What are, you, what, are you, what are you taking? 10, at least 10. Damn. Okay. All right. You're that confident think- in your Giants. Yeah, I I think those like a couple of last minute additions we made that those two just last pickups, um, as well as like what we put in on offense and stuff like that. Like I think the Giants are going to be pretty electric. I mean, Daniel Jones, if you look at his stats, like like black out two guys and put them up like, dude, he's like, say what you want about him. But like, he's only getting better. It's his second year in like a real offense. Um, Wink Martindale's back, so he's going to plug in some of those defensive guys that we just picked up, like Isaiah Simmons. Like, I'm real curious to see him on the mm-hmm. field. Like, I think they're going to put him in situations just like let the dog go, like see ball, get ball, like let him run all over the place. Um, he likes to blitz from all different places too. I mean, Dak's at least good for two picks in the game, uh, you know. And is Tony cool. Pollard ready to be that guy? All the hype, all that. Like, is he ready to carry the workload? You know, now that he's not that surprised dude out of the backfield, like the whole year on film on him, like Giants playing home at night, I think, you know, with knowing that what the Jets are going to be like and the Bills, like, I think they're ready to take over New York, to take New York back, man. Leo, <laughs> 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 you know, I, I know you might break up here and there, but go ahead, bro. I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, well, Leek, I think we talked about this game a little bit a week or two ago. I said the same thing as Mike. I said, look, maybe not by 10. But I feel like every year you get an early Giants-Cowboys game and the Cowboys win, and like every single year. And there's some part of me that thinks this year is going to be different. And with that being said, I really can see the Giants being the team in last place in this division this year. But as for, as for this week one, I think the Cowboys, uh, I think they might go down too. Okay. Um, so the reason here, here's my belief. First things first, I never, ever, ever week one, can ever say what it's going to be. I do not have a feeling towards any game going into week one. Uh, it's I have to see what the season is going to be, especially when it comes to the Cowboys. I just don't fucking know. But right. I also am worried because I'm like, yo, Giants fans are feeling a little bit too cocky right now. And when that <laughs> happens in my eyes, it's like, fuck these dudes up. We're, we're going to travel. And it's, it's interesting to me that we have a week one away game because, you know, Dallas being America's team, we usually play at home open the season up, start the season off. You get to see our pretty stadium. But, hey, we're going into the rugged the rugged North Jersey. Fuck it. It might be cold. It might be a little chilly. And it's crazy you brought up Tony Pollard. Don't forget, Tony Pollard ran this shit last year. That, that, that playoff game for San Francisco is a lot different. If you keep Tony Pollard in the game, we don't have to rely solely on Dak. Now, again, I don't know what Dak's going to be. I like that Dak has the added pressure with him with someone real on his heels. Well, two guys on his heels that could take over any point week six. He's out of there. So like, this is the make or break year for our coach as well as our quarterback. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see what it is. And, and, and at the end of the day, it's the NFC East. It's anyone's mm-hmm. game every yep. fucking week. So exactly. it's like, yep. I, I can take that for what it is. I expect a good game regardless. I don't see a blowout. I expect it to come down. to like who has possession last in my eyes. Um, but I, I think I think I'm just, I'm just ready to see what it is. Let's just let's just yeah. get to ball. Like enough talking, enough what it is. Like I'm just I'm just excited to see 
I'm excited to see the biggest progression from Dak. What has Dak learned from last year? Is he going to be that new leader? Is he going to make these same mistakes? I mean, the minute he throws a pick, he's fucking canceled. Like it's 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 over for him. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a wrap. So we'll see. And I, I I'm excited to see our defense step up in this. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, a good one. we'll see how your defense does. That's a big piece. That that makes me sort of nervous. I mean, you know, you got probably the best linebacker. I think on Not your probably. team, Michael Parsons is beast, man. He's beast at yeah. Penn State. Like, yeah, he's just yeah. an absolute freak. So like. He's, he worries me a little bit, but he can't do it all. I think your mm-hmm. secondary's overpaid, um, and we're going to see what happens. It's like the Yankees, man. We got the money. Why not spend it? Even if it's not, they're not worth it. We fucking got it. Might as well pay you guys to be happy a little bit. Uh, Listen, but talk about I pooping think, down your leg. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. hey, here's here's the thing. This is Now, I will give you this, Liam, and I don't know if you're hearing me or not, but at, this is the first year where I've been hearing some Dallas fans say, this might be the year. I've been seeing it so much, and I don't. I, you know, I fucking hate that. This is the year the Cowboys win the Super. Bowl. I hate hearing that, but I've been hearing that from a lot of people that are like, in my eyes, I've been seeing a shift in the Cowboys organization with the young guys now becoming. I mean, you look at Michael Parsons. You look at them like the, the years have changed now. These guys are getting older, and like, I want that ring. I want that. I want to see myself at. I'm tired of watching Super Bowl on the sidelines. So this is the year that's a big push, and I see that it can go either two ways. Either shit to bed, and we're barely above five hundred, or this is a great year for the <laughs> NFC East. If there's everyone's dogging out, and it comes down to like the last games of the season, so we'll see. We'll see where it lends us. Yeah, this is what the fifteenth year in a row I've been hearing. This is the year for the Cowboys. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I was happy. I was happy to see some some off season like some off season picks that weren't stupid. That's right. that, that's about it. I get what you're saying. Uh, who the Eagles play? I don't even give a fuck about you guys. Who are you guys yeah, playing? Patriots at New England. Well, what are That's your thoughts? Be, that won't be that won't be easy. No, it's not. I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little concerned just to kind of see how the new offensive coordinator and Jalen Hurts mesh. I don't think it should be too much of a learning curve, but it'll be a bit rocky. I think it's like a Tom Brady um, like retirement ceremony or whatever. So. Just bring just bring his pops, Nick Foles, put him on the sideline, wipe that out, and we'll be good to go. Zeke goes for 100, 150 on you guys? Yeah, he will. I, I'll guarantee he's got to score a touchdown. He always does against us. <laughs> I'm betting that prop bet then, if that's the yeah, case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like Boston Scott against the Giants. Like, it's a lot. <laughs> you just got to bet it. Exactly. I like it. Absolutely. I like it. Uh, hey, you brought it up. We might as well get right into it. Uh, Liam, do you want to get into your Liam locks for this week? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So I'll, I'll run through kind of quick. I got an underdog and a favorite for both college football and NFL. And uh, I'll, do, I'll go underdog first for college since we kind of touched on it. Um, Nebraska, three and a half point underdogs. Now, I don't know if they're going to win the game outright, but this is one that I've been, <laughs> I've been burned and every other better has been burned. When you look at these games and you go, oh, this is the lock. Like I don't, I'm, I'm putting, I'm putting, mm-hmm. a, I'm taking a mortgage out and I'm putting it on this game because it's a lock. And I think this is that type of game. Like you had Colorado. We already talked about it. It was game of the year, um, or game of week one against TCU. It's their home opener. We're seeing things change with Deion Sanders, and they play a Nebraska team that l- probably could not have looked worse. Um, so I think kind of just solely going on that, I do think Nebraska is a better team than what they've shown. Again, I don't know if they'll win this game outright, but I'm taking them as a three and a half point underdog. 
game of the week in college and as my favorite, Alabama over Texas. Malik, we talked about this one, man, like especially after week one. I didn't even realize Alabama played. Like you could have told me they just had the week off because just nobody's talking about yeah. them. And I think that's exactly where Nick Saban yeah. wants to be. And he he wants to go out. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to be watching this game on ESPN, 7 o'clock, like college game days there. This is the game everyone's going to have their eyes on. I think they come out and just steamroll Texas. They're another one, like we just talked about, their programs kind of fell off. And I feel like for the past couple of years, there's been games where we're saying, okay, Texas is back. Texas is back. This is going to be one where I think they're going to think that they're back, but Alabama is going to roll. So they're yeah. seven-point favorites right now. Give me Alabama to steamroll them. I think they win by at least two touchdowns. NFL, my mm. favorite, Jags, five-point favorites against the Colts. They're in Indy. Now, I think Anthony Richardson's going to be a guy that once or twice a game, it makes a play that we're like, how the fuck is that even possible? Similar to Justin Fields last year. He's just such a freak athlete. He's going to be the best athlete on the field every single week. But I don't think that necessarily translates into a ton of wins for the Colts right now. I think the Jonathan Taylor mess, Mm -hmm. they have the new head coach coming in. There's going to be growing pains for Anthony Richardson. He's a guy that hasn't played a lot of football. And the Jags are looked at as a team like, can you now make the next step? We saw what you did last year. You won that division. You won a playoff game. You went into KC and put up a fight. Now you have to show us that you're going to take that next leap. Trevor Lawrence, are you a top five elite quarterback in this league? They have the Super Bowl winning head coach. I like a lot of the things they did in the offseason. I love Calvin Ridley. I think he's going to be awesome this year. Give me the Jags to cover the five. Underdog, I think I might just take this team out, right? Steelers over the Niners. Niners, we talked about the Brock Purdy hype. I don't care about it. I really don't. I mean, this is a guy that got drafted (laughs) as the last pick in the draft. He had lightning in a bottle as soon as McCaffrey was by his side. Like, I'm not buying in. He's also coming off of Tommy John surgery. Is he really 100% yet? Steelers, dude, Mike Tomlin just wins football games. That's all he does. And as long as he has TJ Watt on the defensive side Mm -hmm. doing his thing, again, this is another team I'm expecting their quarterback to come in and take that next step, an offense to take that next step. And I think it starts. They're two-and-a-half-point dogs at home. Take them to win. I like those picks. I, I'm not too sure about the, the that Colorado one. I don't know, man. It's tough. I'm not either. But it, like, if you look at what everyone's going to – like, just think about what everyone is going to be taking in that game. Everyone and their mother yeah. is going to be taking Colorado. And you know – in any sort of gambling, the house always wins. So are they really, like, yeah. is it really going to be one of those things that they're just going to be giving away Colorado for free? I, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, like Minnesota was able to beat fucking, when Nebraska was like 30, 35, 33. Like, I mean, they beat him by a field goal. So, yeah. like, just on air rate alone, can can Nebraska stop them on that on that end? I mean, hey, I mean, they have a lot to prove. Like, this is a big one for them, too. I say, I say, look, even if TCU edges that game and wins it out, I still would go Colorado being based off of what we were able to see from Colorado. Like, even if they lost that game, I would still yeah. give it to Colorado over Nebraska. No. And again, it's kind of just going, like, go against the grain while everyone's on the hype. But this yeah, was a game yeah, that yeah. I think Nebraska was a touchdown favorite. They're now three and a half point underdogs. Like, one week happened. We just talked about week <laughs> one overreactions. Yeah. Like, you couldn't swing the pendulum any yeah. further. So. We'll see, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shit. There, I mean, Colorado was twenty point underdogs, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, twenty and yeah. a half. 
<laughs> like Jesus Christ. I knew that wasn't possible. I knew there was no way that was going down, but hey. All right. Any last words, guys, going into this week? Just get us there. So I, here's here's my take for you. Uh for the uh college football. I like Miami. They're at home, underdogs against Texas AM. AM will find a way to implode on themselves. They always do. <laughs> I was at that game last year um yeah. in College Station, which is a whole nother experience I shouldn't talk about on this show, <laughs> um, but pretty awesome. And the team, yeah. my favorite, who I really like this year, who I think is rolling, and I did kind of shit on the Pac-10, Pac the little Pac-12 earlier, is Utah over Baylor. They're mm-hmm. favorites. I think they go in there. And, like, Baylor just got embarrassed by Texas State at home. Yeah. But Utah's tough, man. They played they played really well the other day against Florida. So I think, you know, they look really good. Like, if they keep playing like they did and the way they think, outside of that finish, like Penn State rolled them last year in the bowl game. But outside mm-hmm. of that, they looked really good last year. Mm-hmm. So I think they got some momentum going into it. So, yeah, yeah. I like those picks. Hey, we got keep. We're gonna keep Liam accountable. Liam, you're uh, two and zero right now, right? Yeah, two and zero. And Mike, another thing I had, uh, I picked Oregon State to win over eight and a half wins. Start off on the right foot. So that's a future to look out for. But it was a good week one. So, yeah. I could. I mean, I like both of those. I like your Steelers pick, by the way. That was my upset, so I don't even need to say anymore. But who you want to hear my long term? I think don't take Houston for granted. I think they mm-hmm. can sneak into the playoffs in the AFC South. That is my sleep, mm. very dark sleeper pick. And I think Jordan <laughs> Love will be in the conversation uh, as a top five quarterback fantasy wise wow. by the end of the year. Really? That, mm. That's huge coming from them. Now, my boys will love that. My yeah. boys will love that pick. Hey, guys, I, I like it all. I like it all. It sounds great. Hey, Mike, thank you for taking the time to come out and speak to us and, and, and definitely going to come back on again. When we oh, yeah. Either when we do another uh, Giants meeting uh, or the playoffs <laughs> come around, we need, we need to get, get it back together. Um, thank you, brother. I really appreciate you. Um, please do not forget to subscribe to In Those We Trust podcast on, you, on YouTube at We Trust underscore podcast on Instagram. Uh, Mike, do you want to give out your Instagram handle? Nah, that's all right. Okay. And I know you're not a big social media guy, but please go ahead and follow Liam on the Instagram at Liam Stokes 11. Appreciate you guys. Trust up. Thanks, fellas. Thank you for having me.